0: listening to the Battle Ready Podcast. My name is Aaron McManus, and I'm here with my dad, Erwin Raphael McManus. It's good to be here with you today. It is good to be here.
1: It's I, I thought we day. should uh, try to do a little bit of Elizabeth Holmes here and go with deeper voices.
0: Wait, you've been really on Elizabeth <laughs> Holmes, but I've actually never really... She's, a, she's, a,
1: she's, she's the fake Steve Jobs.
0: She tried to build a tech company and, Without
1: using any tech. It's a, really, a brilliant idea. <laughs> okay. She tried to run a medical company without it, knowing
0: anything about medicine. Seems, it seems like a theme. Like there's the Tinder Swindler. There was making Anna.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then there's Elizabeth Holmes, the But Anna's voice was super high and Elizabeth's voice was super low. And you can actually um Watch how she, as she develops her persona, her voice goes deeper and deeper and deeper. Okay, so here we go. So we want to talk about other things today, and
0: Elizabeth Holmes is not one of them. Uh, so we want to talk about maybe a little bit of dating, and I was just roasting someone on Instagram for posting something that was just so cringe it made my heart hurt. So I was just using, you know.
1: But someone thought you would you would appreciate it because they tagged you on it.
0: No, I don't think they appreciated it. I think it's like some like. Some Joker comedian girl trying to be a comedian in L.A., but girls do this all the time. I see it on TikTok, right? Girls will screenshot guys on Hinge or a dating webs. Dating okay, for app. someone
1: who's uh, been married for nearly forty years, what is Hinge? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, okay, so, I'm so there's, sorry that I'm not updated. There's Tinder, these.
0: Bumble, Hinge, and then Raya. Tinder, Nasty, Bumble. Ladies have the have the power. Um, Hinge. It's supposed to be like. You're meeting people through, like, your natural contacts. Okay. That one seems fine. Raya is, like, exclusive. It's, like, so how you have to be, like, accepted as, like, a membership thing. And you have to, like, you pay, like, a monthly thing, I think. And then you, it's, like, more like a, like, uh, supposed to be, like, celebrity elite kind of thing.
1: Okay, so you have to be accepted. Accepted for inch.
0: Anyone can be on the other ones. Okay. Yeah, but you gotta be nasty to be on Tinder, apparently. Okay. I'm just the, the old culture for Tinder, I think, was nasty. All right. But this girl posts... A photo of a guy, and he had like a, a cap low, like kind of how me and Carlos used to put our hats yeah. back in the day, like 2016, 2017. All right. When we had like shaved heads and we would, you know, real low caps. And, and I guess she like tagged me, said, where's Aaron at? To confirm that this looks like a Mosaic Venice guy.
1: And like roasting him. But Mosaic Venice hasn't met in nearly three years. Yeah, so sad. you're still responsible for people's lives from 3 but years. But no, ago. but
0: no, Hinge is not bad. People should be able to date. It makes sense. Oh, yeah. You go to Red Lobster, to eat lobster. <laughs> <laughs> you go on you go on Hinge to find somebody you want to be with.
1: Yeah. So she so I don't I don't understand what was she making fun of though.
0: But it, she was like, "Oh, I do Hinge chronicles." And I'm like, "You shouldn't. That's cringe." Like let th- let this man be alone let him be on it let him find he's already somebody. alone
1: that's why he's on hinge
0: but it, okay then tag him let him get his let him get his but it's also just it creates a bad culture of like you just shaming someone for being putting themselves out
1: there and de- wanting to date let him find so what was she making fun of his her what that that he was on hinge or that he or, or how he was doing he, was, hinge.
0: he she was making fun of she she Her like defense was like, oh, if I thought it was offensive, I wouldn't be posting like this. I was like, look, if men screenshotted women's photos on Hinge and posted them and blasted them, they would... Tess, please chime in.
2: No, you're absolutely correct.
0: Well, I know, but what am I correct about?
2: if y- Let's just say, if you were to post a screenshot about a woman... People would blow you up. It would no longer be about the very topic that you're trying to talk about. Mm -hmm. It would be about you doing the wrong thing.
0: It would be like your host shaming this girl for being out there.
2: Yes. And that's not wrong. It's
0: okay to be out there to want to date. Right? Correct.
1: No? Yes, uh, as long as you're not married. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, That's real. yeah, Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think there's some married people on there
1: but um, but I'm saying that's a different
0: app Yeah, it's all that's there. called Field and now it's a nasty nasty app we don't talk about that one
1: <laughs> but alright so this poor guy is trying to get a date he goes to Hinge so he has to make it public
0: poor guy no he's not a poor guy he's an independent man he's out there the, the, the photo was fine it was cheesy but it was fine he just
1: sorry yes I did not apply just because someone's on Hinge <laughs> they're, they're a, a, pitiful, a pitiful guy <laughs> i have been on there
0: (laughs) i've tried to put myself out there you meet nice people (laughs) uh,
1: i just think it's some girl screenshotted you and mocked you oh (laughs) man if they did if they did it would be uh, i'm sure they'll look i'm sure they'll look right but why 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 make fun of anyone if they're putting themselves out there trying to Find someone that they can love and be loved and have a relationship. And
0: I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why people get involved with other people's dating lives like that. I just like let people f- find romance. Yeah, I let them find people. You know, I don't know. I, I just think led my man's. He was doing. He was kneeling. He was kneeling on one knee, and he had his hat real low, and it was a Raiders hat. So that's how you know he wasn't one of my friends. Not that in a bad way, because my friends don't support the Raiders. All right. That, but he's probably from LA. He's like old school LA. The Oakland Raiders fan, LA Raiders fan. I saying my friends are are Clipper fans. Are <laughs> Rams fans. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know anybody that wears Rams hats. Do you?
1: Well, I mean, all the Rams players. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> and, and maybe my, friend, he's my friend my friend Edwin, he's he's all about the Rams. He is and his kids, and
0: they won the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, it's okay. amazing. All right, so let's move on. Uh, and and by the way, since you're since we began with Elizabeth Holmes and we went to dating, um, watch out for people with crazy eyes. <laughs> Did I, I just had a lot of crazy. I think I just had a lot of crazy eyes during this because, like, I'm looking at Elizabeth Holmes and I had documentaries over the past couple of years and going, she got crazy eyes. I mean, can you can't you look at her and know that that you should not be having a conversation with? her because she's going to eat you later (laughs) No, and she has those insane eyes and beware of anyone whose eyes are so wide open and they never blink yeah there's something like psychologically um tormented happening on in uh behind the scenes but uh, that's one thing yeah (laughs) so any other dramas that we got to get out of the way oh my gosh um oh well uh we had a little drama with, with intellectual property. Oh, we did two we, weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago. We and did. I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus. I'll throw. No, I'll no. Throw. I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. I just want to talk about it. Why? I'm going to um, find the DM that he sent, that I sent him. Why it's important to um, respect each other's intellectual property. And, and and I know this doesn't relate to everyone. Everyone listening right now probably doesn't have to deal with, with IP. But, but it goes in so many different directions. Like I've had friends who would wear like fake brands. You know, they'd wear like fake Gucci or they'd wear fake Yves Saint Laurent or um right. or fake uh Louis Vuitton and and um and some of them were people that, you know, I had a relationship with and I would say to them, This is this is um called stealing. And <laughs> It's called creative licensing. Yeah. And uh, and I remember when I used to fly to Hong Kong 20 years ago and I could buy a Louis Vuitton bag for, you know. We call those phoosies. <laughs> for $40. We call and, them phoosies, fake louis. And then some of them actually come from the actual factories and they're um, slipped out and- sold in the markets because
0: there is a whole economy yeah. where like you know you got like the uncle who runs the factory and then he like makes a little extra and then he throws them to the cousin and they sell them in the city like yeah there's some fake real ones real fake ones
1: Tess says I have some
0: but Tess as, says she has but some a, but me. Me. as
1: a designer I
2: <laughs> my my Fellini
1: <laughs> my her fake Celine, Fellini <laughs> it's a Fellini
0: and um, the messed up one, yeah. one is the Gucci it's the Fucci yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, but I, I remember I actually bought and gave a pair of Gucci's to a speaker who was always wearing fake Gucci's because I said, "Hey, stop wearing the fake stuff. Yeah, here I'm buying you something. You can wear this, and but respect the brands. This is this is the creative um, capital of people, and whether you agree with how much they charge or not, yeah, um, you don't have to buy it, but don't steal it. Don't don't legitimize. Um, stealing someone else's creativity, their design, their IP, yeah. just because you can't afford it. And and so then it's also true, like, but, I mean, I write books and so I've had to deal with this for, you know, decades. There's, there's quite a few books out
0: there yeah. that were built on messages that you spoke at a, an event or in a conference and then yeah. someone turned into a book quicker than you. You never even thought of turning that into a book. You'd, it was just an idea or a concept you yeah. spoke. You're on to the next one. And I've had and writers tell it, me, hey, you know, thank I, you.
1: What? They said, thank you. Yeah, they, they they thought, hey, look, I listen to you, and I just steal your ideas and write them in the books. And and uh, and oddly enough, in the world that we live in, people think that's okay, that that's a compliment, yeah. rather than— but, but one time, even here in the industry, someone was driving to shoot a film, and they said, hey, uh, hey, we're on our way to the set, and we just thought we'd tell you we took the idea, the story that you told on uh, at Mosaic, and we're turning that into a film— was it a good film? Um, I'm not going to go into details, and and I was said, was it recent? No, years was years ago, and uh. and I and I said what? And they said, yeah, we just wanted to tell you as we're going to set, and I said, well, I mean, you stole my story, which is my life. Like this wasn't a story made up. This was the actual experience of my life. And they were so inspired by the experience, they decided to turn it into a script and then turn it into a film. And I mean, um, we've heard of
0: such things where <laughs> we have heard that yeah, that speakers were. Speaking not just your exact points in your message, but
1: telling your actual stories as if they were their stories. Yeah, and this is— uh, Which uh, is— Yeah. Uh, that to me is just bizarre. A, a guy in Ecuador, he didn't know any better. He was kind of new to the whole faith experience. Sent me a text. Going, hey, this is so amazing. There's this really famous oh, we pastor— no, no, oh, no, we don't know. He that. goes, there's this really famous pastor, and he just preached your message verbatim on The Last Arrow. Yeah. And I said, what? And I went and looked at it on site. He has a church of you know tens of thousands of people. He's internationally known in the Latin world. And he took my entire message and, and preached it as if it was his message. He had cancer too? And even with the stories. With the cancer stories? <laughs> and uh, everything was almost an exact duplication. And, the whole and, book is, the, the crux of the book is that you had, had cancer, cancer, and that you're like facing death, and how you— Give everything to the guy. Yeah, and and at one point he goes, "Um, and I kept thinking, I quit. No, no, I I failed and I failed and I failed. But then I realized all of a sudden that I didn't fail. I quit. And he said exactly the way I said it. And so I'm listening to this message going, this person is literally somehow... Stolen the very essence of my being, not just the words, you're not the ju- entire message.
0: <laughs> you're not just a speaker; you're a playwright. That was a performance. <laughs> that was a
1: performance. It was that a deserves an ethical performance. That deserves and, a Tony Award. So, so I've dealt with this for 40 years of uh, ideas being stolen, of of um, breakthrough concepts being stolen, of book ideas uh, being copped. But a couple of weeks ago, and yes. this is interesting because I on the podcast you were asking me some really, really tough questions. And it drove me to the place where I began to um, have to look for different ways of explaining God. And so I did this whole concept on God is zero. And it's it's a concept that is uniquely created in the space of my own brain. And now the concept of zero is not something I invented or discovered. And I talked about how all the way back to the the Babylonians and, you know, ancient uh, civilizations, Zero has always been something that different um, civilizations have grappled with. And and when the concept of zero really became um, more um, uh, croncatized in the last few um, centuries, you know, Um, Did you say concrete? Like like they made concrete, sorry. uh, Concretized? I don't know. I just made that up as a word. (laughs) Yeah, you did. Thank you, George (laughs) W. Yeah, but no, no. Okay, here's, here's. Let's just have a little parenthetical moment. Okay. Where do words come from? The imagination. That's right. And so just because someone's never said the word before doesn't mean it's not a word. Look,
0: you don't have to say it to me. I say (laughs) that all the time. Someone said you
1: spelled it wrong. I said, no, I
0: made it better.
2: (laughs) It is, for the record, a word.
1: Thank you so Co- much.
0: Concretize? <laughs> yeah. Did
1: you say it with an S or a Z? Uh, you're going to talk to a person. I never wait, heard hey, My art form is words, and you're going to question me. I'm not. Of course I'm going to. No, why? who else would I
0: question? I would question you so you could teach me. I want to learn. Uh, yeah. oh. I've always been this way. Ever since I was little, yeah. I have never heard that word. Can you tell me what that word
1: means? That's true. And you're, you're you've al- always been like that, and I've explained the word to you, and... You know, your mom's approach is always different. That isn't a word you're, you're making. It up. <laughs> yeah, if, if my mom doesn't know the word, it's not a word. That's right. <laughs> and, but, uh, but the concept God is zero kind of is like the California it, government. But we can talk about that later is a unique <laughs> concept that I put together to help people God understand who God is. Well, can I set the stage and, a little bit more? No, uh, let me go back because that day when we actually recorded it, when we were done, we had a conversation here, you and me and Brooke and Austin about whether we should release the podcast because, um, we said, the moment I release it, someone's going to steal the idea and make it seem like it's theirs. Mm. And um, and they said, maybe you should wait till you write it or wait till you do it on Easter or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So that um, they, because where it comes from actually matters. We can talk more about that. And I said- Where no. it comes from, meaning the original idea and where the original yes. idea comes from.
0: Yeah. Okay. So- Go ahead. Can I set the stage? Sure. We got sent a, pod, a podcast, uh, I think on Spotify, of a message from a speaker in the South I'm not going to name him. It doesn't matter. We're all good. I want to talk about the concept, not the person. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you're a better man than I am. Because I want to talk about them. But we're not going to talk about them. We're just going to talk around them. But basically, I got sent this 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 podcast. I listened to the message. I listened to the last, like, 10 minutes. And there was no question he got the idea from you mm-hmm. of, of God is Zero and connected this idea of sure. the value of Zero to the connection to God. Yeah. And, um and, and he, he, he presented it okay. I don't mm-hmm. like love the way he presented it. It was, he kind of used it as like a footnote and I really feel like it was a kind of a crux of a conversation, yep. and which it's a pretty large concept to grapple with and to also like build something around. So I don't, you know, I don't blame
1: him. Which but, by the way is one of the reasons I don't like when people steal intellectual property because they turn it into a vaccine rather than the cure interesting because they communicate in a way that is an, inadequate so now a person feels like oh i've already heard that idea so when you bring it to actually help a person have a breakthrough it doesn't work right so
0: I'm, i hit him up on Ready, yeah. and i was like what did i say I but it wasn't
1: this. us it was someone listened to him and sent it to one of our people brooke and said hey this person just stole Irwin's idea and then brooke sent it to you and said, hey, this person just stole Erwin's you know, idea. So, so, it, was, I so it came through um, a domino effect. I don't
0: like go out there and I don't yeah. listen to other pastors. I don't no. go out there and listen
1: and try to find right. out who's, you know,
0: stealing cookies from the cookie jar. <laughs> <laughs> but we found you. <laughs> <laughs> it says, I said, hi, I've been getting DMs mentioning that you used Erwin's got a zero metaphor during your message. Of course, I wanted to check in with you to find out where you sourced the idea before proceeding in a response. Mostly, I just don't want to accuse. I just want to have a conversation. And they said this, and this is what I want to talk about, because I think, sure. you, is it okay if I preface? Or do you want me to not read? No, no,
1: go, yeah, go That's This is
0: good. Um, and they, they said, thanks for reaching out. They were really kind. They sent a long message, which usually, if you, the longer the message, the smaller the truth. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I know, because when I was little and you
2: lie, you lie long. <laughs> a fluffy lie. You,
0: you lie long, <laughs> Truth small. <laughs> lie big.
1: Yeah, if it's the truth, you go, no, I didn't do it. Or, but yes, I did. But
2: by no means am I calling <laughs> yeah. this
0: person a liar. I'm just saying, you know, I think when you have to... It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. So longer thing. He said, thanks for reaching out. Uh, he basically said the original idea was inspired by Robert Kaplan's Harvard mathematics professor book, The Nothing That Is. A Natural History of Zero, Oxford University Press 2000. In our sermon concert meeting, I was talking about using this in in relationship to the value of factoring God into your life. And one of our staff members later sent me the clip of the conversation from your podcast. Uh, I recently watched the whole thing. It was fantastic. Uh, Guessing why you're wondering why I didn't cite your source. Believe it or not, I actually considered it and was going to cite Kaplan, but he doesn't really make the connection to God. Clearly, I borrowed Irwin's language, but I assumed this was at his influence as well. But I might have assumed that in error. He keeps going, but he basically says he's a fan. He loves you and he loves the podcast. This is why we're not roasting him. This is a fun roast. Yeah. It's a barbecue. <laughs> and because Barbecues this was,
1: friends. seems like a really great human being. Seems like a
0: great human. But this is the distinction, right? Because then I called you and I was like, okay, so.
1: I wasn't upset until I saw his response. Why? No, you were upset. Abs-
0: you were uh, you weren't really upset. You're just like, oh, can you look into this?
1: Yeah. Okay. So, because I knew it was going to happen. Okay. So I was already ready for it, and and it's it's just so much easier if you hear a concept that has an impact on you, that is rare and that yeah. uh, came from another source to just source that person. It doesn't diminish you when you actually reference where the idea came from.
0: It it doesn't it doesn't make you less.
1: No. But when he goes through this whole thing with Kaplan, I'm going. See, that's a bait and switch. That's a, here's the smoke because I don't want you to see the fire because yeah. Kaplan did not come up with the idea of God as zero. One, I didn't read Kaplan. Two, I'd never heard of Kaplan until I heard this response. Yes. I was going back to the ancient Babylonians and Mesopotamian civilizations because and, and, um, zero is a concept everyone learns. All right, so when he's saying, hey, Kaplan came up with the idea of zero, I actually didn't. Like, you know, you don't even need to read he Kaplan. He comes up with
0: an explanation of zero. That's what he's talking yeah. about,
1: right? but everyone learned zero in like first grade. Right. So... To, to talk about zero is not like uh, an intellectual property breakthrough. <laughs> right. And uh, it's, it's, it's the, um, the philosophical construct of explaining God is zero that is uniquely mine. And he doesn't acknowledge that. He says, I thought about mentioning Kaplan. Which, they, can I- That kind of irritated me. Okay. So that
0: definitely irritated me. But I yeah. actually listened to part of the podcast. Okay, I hadn't heard and it. And he cites his senior pastor- a few times before he jumps into borrowing your, your, your intellectual yeah. property. So I thought it was interesting. He's fine citing his senior pastor, his boss, but he's not okay citing the, the origin of the idea or the, the, yeah. the person who actually gave the idea originally. And, and I, I just think, why, what is it about us? In, well, I don't steal. I steal your ideas, but they know they aren't my ideas. And usually <laughs> I just preface this by like, hey, by the way, these were his. <laughs> this is the cookie jar we're eating cookies from. But I do, I do find it, I found it a bit, that's why I didn't agree with his explanation. Because sure. I was like, I listened to you. I actually heard that you cited your senior pastor for some of his thoughts and ideas. So mm-hmm. why didn't you actually cite like where this originally came from? And that bothers me because it lessens ourselves it demeans our own, I think one, it's the, it's the easy way out. Yeah. You know, it's the easy way out. And I think, why do you think, I mean, one, we always want to sound smarter, Mm -hmm. but why are we unwilling
1: to cite the source? Well, I just think that we like to pretend we're the source all the time, you you know? And um, let me tell you from my side of it, why this is so um, frustrating. I'm going to give you two examples. I spoke at the Willow Creek Leadership Summit years ago.
0: Let's go in. Just let's go into that idea real quick. Okay. Why is it? Why is it that we feel the need to sound smarter than we are? Because it's it's pride. Because my thing is this: (laughs) like, if I'm speaking, if I'm this guy, I'm speaking it. I'm going. You should have. I'm telling the story of me being the observer, listening to this situation. Mm -hmm. Because one, we know it's not his idea because Kaplan never made the connection to God. He establishes that. So he listened to your podcast before we spoke because there's no way he made that connection. Maybe, but I don't think so, right? So why, isn't, why do we take the easy way out? Why do we make, need, to, to need to make it sound like we came up with the idea versus like for me, I always love comedy on that side. I would have told the idea, but like from the
1: perspective of me watching the idea unfold and my brain melting. But it's in the Christian world where for decades, people steal each other's jokes. Okay. And they tell jokes as if they're originally theirs. Yeah. And um, I mean, when I became a person of faith, I heard a joke and I thought, oh, that's hilarious. And then I heard it again. And then I heard it again. And I realized, oh, these things didn't happen to these people. These are like the cultural jokes that everyone tells. The pre- what is it called? The preacher's tales. Yeah. So, and, or, is that what they're called? Yeah. And so I the, just.
0: Made, God did it. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. God did it. Yeah, yeah. Even so, then it's not just the, the jokes. It's like the concepts. Yeah, the, the, yeah. yeah. And you think, oh, my pastor came with this concept. But it's, yeah. it's uh, 10,000 other people have preached this exact yeah. same concept. And so, I just think the lack of originality is a part of the Christian culture. Hmm. And, and you, what you don't realize is that building on someone else's idea doesn't make you unoriginal. Mm-hmm. Building on someone else's idea makes you a person who learns. Yeah. It's, it's trying to act like you've built the idea from scratch that actually will limit you in the long run. And I, I do want to say this because I spoke at the summit one time. And then um, that next Sunday, I spoke somewhere else right after the summit. Uh, no, two weeks Sundays after. And this woman comes up to me and says... You stole that message from my pastor. That was Matt. Yeah, I remember this. And uh, and I said what? And she goes and she she and my message was uniquely mine. She goes, you stole that message from my pastor, and he, he my pastor is internationally famous, and you know he speaks all over the world. And where you know, were you? Uh, I was in Florida. Yeah, but her pastor was in uh, Atlanta. And
0: this guy's from Atlanta.
1: And I didn't want to, <laughs> I did not want to say to her, your pastor stole my message. Yeah, no, that's so, tough. I felt like um, why though. Well, because I felt like she's going to that church and she needs to grow, and she's just barely meeting me, and it's okay if she thinks less of me. No, and, no, and, uh, nah. that—that's how it I helps felt no, in it that helps moment. No one. I, that's just the, the the framework I took into that moment years ago. I'm just I'm just saying that I I didn't want to diminish him in her sight. Yeah. And um, and I had to just sort of swallow this fact that this man was. Oh, I said to her was your pastor at the uh, the Will Creek Leadership Summit on in Chicago last Wednesday? He goes, yes, he was. And uh, Ask him where he was sitting. And I, said, <laughs> I was talking. I said, oh, and I said, if you have a chance, just tell him I said hello. Oh, <laughs>
0: dang.
1: And so it was a different way of letting him know, hey, what you did is not ethical right. because it makes me look like I'm a thief. You're, and you, you know as well man. as I do, we were in Scandinavia, and oh that was I, rough. I spoke a message that again Copenhagen. the concepts were uniquely mine. No, but this was and, this was this one was bad. And uh, I built an entire framework out of a passage in Genesis around, you know, um um Adam saying to God, you know, we were naked and, and ashamed. a shame. So we had to add, um and I have a whole talk about, you know, uh, who, told, who you, told you you were who naked. Who told you you were naked? And I it, did it at a massive <laughs> conference for Hillsong, thing in in Sydney and and then I go to this conference in um, whatever, Sweden or Norway, or wherever. and you're, you're in Copenhagen. And afterwards, the, uh, the pastor said, you know, something about it. It's amazing because we just had a speaker here. No, 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 no. We didn't even get to it. You oh, never yeah. spoke it. No, no, I did do no, that. No, I time. don't
0: think so. I don't think so. No, you didn't. No, okay, here. Can I, can I, I think I remember different. You did it in Sweden. And then we flew from Sweden to Copenhagen and we're in the car and he's like, oh, what message did you do in Sweden? Oh, yeah. What message are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I think I'm going to do this message. Called naked and unashamed, talking about David and this whole and dancing in the streets naked, and he goes, "That's crazy." This person just spoke that message here
1: last like two weeks ago, and I realized this person was traveling around speaking, speaking message, my message, right? and so it makes it, it makes it look like hit the cash app. I'm hit the Venmo. Uh, <laughs> it makes it look like I'm a thief. <laughs> and the part of the difficulty is that uh, my messaging is very unique it's very distinctive in a world where messages are let's say blue my messages are yellow are yellow and um and so when you take my message it seems like i stole it because it's very obvious it makes speakers look really bad yeah it
0: makes because it makes you look bad because if you're the person that comes later you know no one wants to no one wants, everyone's like going in that room going, oh, okay, well, that's, imagine if he never
1: asked what you were going to talk on. No, I mean, I had a pastor call me. I was about to speak at a conference. He was speaking there too. And I have to say, he at least he did this.
0: He called you and
1: he told you. He called me up and said, hey, we're both speaking at the same conference. I didn't realize you're speaking right after me. I was planning to do your message, <laughs> and on an unstoppable force, and I said what? And he goes, "I just want to make sure it was okay." Had unstoppable force just come out? Uh, no, it would come out many years. What? Well, before. While before? Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: So he was kind of going the archives.
1: Yeah, going. Yeah, you know. But for him, it might have been new. He, you yeah. know. And yeah, yeah, yeah. he goes, "I was going to do this message, and I just want to make sure you're not going to do the same message." Okay. And, you know, his church was, you know, whatever, uh, ten times bigger than ours, right? You know, he. Yeah. And and I said hey, I'm really honored and complimented that you want to like take my message across the world, but um, don't you have a message that's uniquely yours that you could use at the conference rather than using mine? Yeah. Because if you use my message before I speak, it'll sound like I'm stealing from your ideas when I speak afterwards, even if I do a different message because the language is uniquely mine. Some people are listening going, it's all God's. It's all the churches." Like why
0: air out the dirty laundry? But, and, and I imagine-
1: But you know, when someone breaks into your house and steals your watch or steals your money or steals your furniture, you don't go, it's all God's. You go, The yeah, God helped me have that, but it was mine. <laughs> Interesting. <So you laughs>
0: they steal your so car, you, you don't go, well, it's God's, so, God, you so I don't need
1: to get it back. <laughs> you would compare it to someone robbing your house. Yes, because I create my life create the future that i imagine and build a better world through my ideas i i don't build boats i don't build televisions i i i don't build technology yeah uh my gift to the world are the uniqueness of my ideas okay i have two thoughts one okay that that i say that yes yes no because i think i think
0: well initial thought yeah based off of this situation yeah and you have to, like our conversation was interesting. I reached out because I, I just want him to know we we know. I also yeah. want to reach out going like, you know, probably should cite. And I think he understood that. Yeah. And I, I didn't really respond. I just, you know, like it, it is what it is. We're not going to, we're not, I, I by no means want this to be us blasting him because that's why we're not saying his name or where he's at. No, but, but I thought talking about intellectual property is kind of a good conversation to uh, have. I think it is. Because I think the, the the goal, I think some people put the goal of I, I, the goal for speaking and, and have, I think people want to speak at conferences and speak at other places Mm -hmm. and have that right before they have the original thoughts. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, have the original thoughts. If you have nothing new to say, don't try to say nothing new everywhere. Mm -hmm. Don't try and, and, and give the, the, the lack of originality and try to go and do the circuit or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Like take the time and be original.
1: Yeah. Like one of my friends, John Gordon, You know said he he was influenced by a massive number of my thoughts and ideas and he wanted to write a book expressing that to his friends yeah so he wrote a book called the garden it's a a, it's a, a fictional is it, was it? So it's a fable. Yeah, it's a fable. So the main character in his fable is Mister Irwin. Oh no way! <laughs> <laughs> he said the reason he made the character Mister Irwin so, so that, it, and then he did, you know, basically, you know, expresses that yeah. the book is informed by me. Yeah. He goes, I just want to make sure everyone knew that the ideas that I was using. Yeah, but he's were also from a, you. <laughs> he's also a New York Times bestseller. and then he dropped a fat check off and said, "Thank you for everything you've given me." Yeah, he basically gets yeah. So, John Gordon, you just keep writing books. You use my name all yeah. you want.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, like,
0: no,
1: but I think, I, I don't want to air that out, but I yeah. think he does it the right way. Yes. He yeah. he has
0: the relationship. He has, he says it. He has the, can I use this? Can I do this? I have this idea. Can I do it? And then, hey, also I'm giving, like, I'm helping build what you're building. Like, yes. like it's just, a, he doesn't, he's not like, this is mine now. I'm taking what you have and this is mine. I'm going, I'm taking what you have and this is mine and now this is ours.
1: Yeah. I think pretty much everything he's made from that book, he gave to Mosaic. It's insane. Yeah.
0: And so, this is my idea. We have to create some kind of app or some kind of forum
1: where people can subscribe and steal your ideas. Well, that's what I thought. Okay, so um, one of the reasons we did release the, the podcast is because um, I do believe in being generous with ideas and fertilizing the world with ideas. And and uh, I can say ideas I had 40 years ago that were violently rejected are like, now- Like what? Um, like every human being is an artist. Everyone is a creative uh ideas, Ecclesiastes. no uh, yeah like there's nothing new under the sun that that was wrong that one gets me every time and <laughs> um, i had ideas 30 20 you know 40 years ago that now are commonly believed and they're commonly accepted even in the secular world right and uh and uh you know now adidas talks about every that every athlete is an artist yeah this is the language that 40 years ago i was pretty much singularly using across send does us that check adidas
0: and um I'm just kidding. And oh, that's so when I
1: when I see massive shifts in culture and language I feel like we have had great success. Yeah. And when the church now b- begins to see itself as a creative enterprise as a uh, a place that is a movement of dreamers and creators and ima- you know and innovators I feel like that's the goal I had all the time. Mm-hmm. Um but I did think that it would be really interesting maybe to create like a space where I just basically um invite people to come in and just Download a million different ideas because for me ideas are like baby turtles. I just have thousands of them, and some of them limp, some of them die. I just, I just let them go crazy. (laughs) It's like a sad episode of Nat Geo, (laughs) (laughs) Animal Planet. And I realize a lot of most speakers and pastors are are baby like are, are like giving birth to elephants. Like they have one idea. Yeah, it takes the them a whole year. The yeah, is long. And when they give birth to the idea, it's a labor of love. Okay. So how do we help? Because I
0: think this is, I think there's a need. There's a need yeah. for originality, a need for new ideas. And I think some people are, I, I do think some people are, are not creators. Yeah. I think there's, they have creativity and their, their expression is the way that they can bring an idea that's already been created to
1: other people. And sometimes they're refiners, right? right? They're really good at refining yeah. idea that exists. Yeah,
0: And, and so I think, yeah. and you know, and, you, and you, you talk about this a lot because I think this is a conversation you've had with people. You had this with Rob Bell. You had this with me. You had this with a lot of people who you thought should write books, but haven't yet. You, you, you talk about, you want, you want to be remembered forever, write books. Mm-hmm. You look at it in the Bible, Apollos to Paul. Apollos mm-hmm. was the guy that Paul talked about being jealous of. And yet <laughs> he, no one really talks about him except for Paul. Yeah. right but everyone talks about Paul and the words that he wrote and he apparently wasn't a great communicator but he was actually a great writer right he a left a great thinker and he yeah. left his legacy in his, in his thoughts and his words right and so you know I think there's I, okay we're gonna, we're gonna set the stage because we're gonna create that idea idea theft what are we gonna call it <laughs> steal this please steal this book
1: <laughs> Oh, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. Here's, steal this idea. Steal this idea. Oh, my gosh. Please do th- that. Th- that should be our podcast this week. Steal this idea. Because there are, I give away thousands of ideas I want you to steal. Yes. And um, I want to be a Johnny Appleseed of new thoughts. Just, and just pop an apple seed. Give seeds. It the world. But it doesn't diminish you when you get a new idea to reference it. And a part of the reason it's important is that um, when you only steal the idea, you're staying on the surface. Hmm. And you don't position yourself to go deeper and deeper and deeper in thought. Here's here's my idea.
0: Steal this idea. Which is a ripoff
1: of the Aaron Sorkin
0: movie about the Chicago 13. Is that what it is? What was the Netflix movie that came out during COVID? The Chicago 11?
2: Uh she- Seven, I think. Chicago Seven. The Chicago
0: Seven, and one of the guys was an activist that that wrote a book and released it. Said steal this book, and so they only have a certain amount of recorded sales for that book because so many people were stealing the books and leaving. He was kind of writing towards like the hippie activist socialist movements mm. in in the U.S. at the time, and like anti-war movement. But I love that. Let's reference that and talk about stealing this idea. But here's the thing. I think that needs to be the next installment of the masterclass series that you're working on right now. Mm. In two weeks time, we haven't really talked about this. You're releasing a masterclass. Is it that soon? It's that soon. It's taken us
1: two years and now it's coming. One year. One, (laughs) sir. Okay. Good day, sir. (laughs) (laughs) One year. Austin, how How long has it taken us? I plead the fifth on this one. Austin, this is on you, so <laughs> this is
2: literally your job.
1: I can't I need to hear your microphone, Austin. I can't hear you. I want to hear your heart beating. Oh man. <laughs> I, I, I plead the fifth on this one, sir. I just know it was the middle of COVID that we recorded this. We did. Was middle this twenty twenty
0: or twenty twenty one?
1: I'd have to check the date on the footage. That's I kind of it, all a blur. I think it is
2: twenty
1: twenty. It's been two years. Yes. We record this in twenty twenty. I hate myself right I now. I think
2: it. Yeah, I think it's been like a year and a half.
1: Yeah.
0: You'd be like, it's only been like, tw- like 13 months.
1: And I know it's because the 2020 represents the 20 pounds I've gained since I recorded those. No, you look good. <laughs> and, uh, you look good. You've been um, working out. But here. Okay. We are doing a masterclass. Yes. It's, it's our own masterclass. Uh, art of communication.
0: It is six plus hours mm-hmm. on the arts of communication. Yes. Presented to you by Aaron McManus. <laughs> <Just> i <kidding.
1: laughs>
0: Aaron well, McManus Productions.
1: All I know is it has Austin's and Brian's and Aaron's and Tessa's blood all over it. All over it. There's <laughs> oh a lot of sweat gosh. and blood to put this thing together.
0: It's it's incredible. Six plus hours, you talking into the camera, breaking down
1: communication and the art of. For probably decades, uh, your, your mom, my wife, Kim McManus, who has a master's in theology and a education degree, um, has been begging me to teach communication. She said, this is the most important thing you should do. And she's been begging me to write a book on communication. And I kept saying, it's a very small, narrow audience that would read a book on communication. But I'm probably wrong. And and so I've never written that book, never taught about it. So this has been the culmination of decades and decades. And one of the things that really provoked me in some ways um, was... Was it's the number one question I get from people? How did you learn how to communicate? How did you develop this? I I, I remember when we were in New York and all these different pastors were there, um, and and I think it's more of them, um, your friend Josh. Yes. Who who uh, I think is a brilliant
0: guy. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: And he said, "How did you develop such an extensive vocabulary?" Remember that? Yeah. 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 And and I said, Josh, pick one word that I use. That's a big word. And. They couldn't think of one. I said, It's not that I use big, complex, unknowable words like concretize. Concretize. And um, it's that. That's the name of this episode. I use really simple words and in form a big them way. in a way that makes it poetic. Mm. And, uh, and so I'm painting pictures with words. I'm not just transferring information with words. So I, I feel like teaching this masterclass is sort of like a life's work, and it's not done. It's six hours and 15 minutes. And if you work your way through all of that, there's a lot further to go. There's more still. But this first six hours will take you deep into into the space of, of who you are as a communicator. Because I don't see communication as just something you do. It's an extension of who you are. And so there's a huge aspect of the communication masterclass that deals with essence with who you are and then how to translate that essence in this um, higher, I'm gonna use a kind of a phrase, like I, I really do believe there's almost like a, um, a collective consciousness between you and the listeners. And that it's not just about transmitting information, it's about learning how to create the connection between you and the listener at a deeper and more profound even spiritual level. What and I, so it's, it's about going through waves and waves of layers. And
0: this is not an NFT, this is super fungible. <laughs> this, is some, this is a SFT This is a super fungible token This thing But this also This yeah. thing is going to be alive Yeah You're getting six plus hours mm-hmm. And like the first What is it The first hundred people That sign up Are getting like
1: a I'm, lot. Like, I'm adding value to that Which is what value. you do Kind of with an NFT With right? an NFT but so, so I'm treating the master class Like an NFT For the first Hundred or so people Right um, I'm going to do uh, A session with everyone live That uh, signs up In the first hundred Right And um, we offer some follow-up kind of um, materials for yeah. them too. And yeah. I can't remember even the specifics of it, but what we have specifics it all What You it out. have them?
2: I do have them. Oh. You will get a virtual live communication masterclass session with you, Pastor Irwin. Mm-hmm. You'll get first access and discounts to upcoming events, including a deep dive on-site communication workshop. A bonus material to be released over the first year of purchase. And five founders discounts you'll be able to gift to the person of your choice. Bonuses not included.
0: And so, but like we've been coming up with content around this content because mm-hmm. it's not just going to be six hours. You're right. going to keep building into this. Mm-hmm. People steal the wrong things from you. Yes. They steal the idea and not how you created the idea. And this, this, the, the internal mechanisms that you have developed, that you've spent a lifetime refining to mm-hmm. build the idea. And this is, if there's ever been communication theory, mm-hmm. you know, this is like the ethos. The theory, the the culture around your,
1: your ideology of communication. Yes. People, because they're in a hurry, steal the pot of water rather than figure out how you dug the well. How to make fire. Ooh, yeah.
0: But what I love about you and me and our relationship and what you allow me to be is you allow me to be that annoying fly that you're always smacking off your face. <laughs> and so- We've watched it, and we've spent you know we've spent six months refining it, and it's really cool. And the uh, we only edited what five minutes.
2: Yeah, I think we took five minutes out
0: out of the entire thing. Uh huh. Wow, the entire thing, and so it was it's only, pretty raw. Then I think it was only one
1: story.
2: It was about 2020. We didn't want to like super date it.
0: Oh, it was 2020. See,
1: that's how I know it's 2020. Don't mess with my memory.
2: <laughs> what, what, I,
1: what I love about this, you're remembering what you wish it was. <laughs> yes. And it will be. This
0: thing is gonna be. I think it's super fairly priced. It's six and a half hours, and you're getting all this extra content and benefits, the the bonus features. But you're also gonna start deep diving into like the practicals.
1: Yeah, it's expensive, but it is the Louis Vuitton of communication class. Oof. I mean, it's uh, it's the to me, it's the highest level of master class that um, you can access. And so, uh, it's not for everyone, and uh, it's only for people who. Sp- Speak. So everyone speaks every day. That's right. So it's for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) So if you never open your mouth and speak, if you never have to transmit an idea, if you never have to convince your your husband of of a certain direction or your wife or your kids, like to me, communication is uh, the most uh, essential aspect of human development, and and so it applies to every area of life. If that doesn't sell it,
0: I don't know what will. In one week time, by the time this is out. Mm-hmm. there will be a website there will be a sign in and we're going to grow this thing we're going to keep building this thing
1: yeah so yesterday I was talking to two communicators yes and uh, Joe Smith and David Arcos okay and uh, we're having lunch together and um, and I it, we start, started they started asking me questions about communication okay and I and I said uh, uh, David said I'm really good at these um, like uh, all calls these 10 minute talks and I could feel that I was really present in fact Tess so uh, he said, Tess came to me and said, there's like an awakening happening inside of you that you're bringing to the room when you're speaking. Mm-hmm. And he goes, how come I can do that in that 10 minutes and I can't do it in a message on the, on, the, on the platform? And I said, it's because you're good at catching one wave, but you don't know how to swim back out to catch the next wave. Mm-hmm. And I said, when you're on the stage for 30 minutes or more, that message is about surfing multiple waves. And where the message actually gets lost or where it loses its elegance or power is you don't know how to swim back out to the wave in a way that keeps your audience with you. Mm -hmm. And I said, so you're good at the 10-minute talk because it's just one wave and you write it in. Mm -hmm. And what people don't realize is that I spend as much time internally structuring how I swim paddle out to the next wave mm-hmm. so that I'm actually taking people with me in a way that they're even more interested mm-hmm. before I catch the next wave in. Mm-hmm. And if you can understand that a message is really a series of ways and, and, and then that the power of that message is actually structured in the way you paddle back out to the next wave. Mm. That is so good.
2: So good. And okay. that's
1: not in the masterclass. No, but we're gonna put it in there, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna keep <laughs> keep. But these kind, to me, these kinds of insights will be in that in that um at Zoom, in that Zoom masterclass at with those on. yeah who actually purchase equipment because when you ask me the questions yeah we're gonna dive deeper into the questions you have about how to improve your communication gift yeah and I think we want to make we want to
0: make readily. These ideas, these concepts that you come up with and helping people like actually execute them. You actually talked about maybe doing a session for pastors like a right pre-Easter to help them prep for their Easter talks.
1: I did. I thought about doing a session before Easter with pastors and where I would just um, just spin out a lot of different concepts about Easter from different passages and wrap different passages Um and, and then they could just take whichever ones inspire them, whichever pieces of them actually work for them for their message. And I'm, I'm actually happy to do that. I want to I help pastors and spiritual leaders communicate in a more effective and in uh, and, and and an artistic way. Right. And I want to help them with the engineering of a message and the artistry of a message. And I also want to help business leaders, entrepreneurs, people who speak at other kinds of events right. develop their speaking gifts. And, um, so I'm we'll in, kind of create yeah. those two different tracks with inside of this Yeah. Thing. Yeah, I was just speaking in, uh, I was just doing a TV show in Las Vegas. and uh, For I was Bloomberg, in, right? For Bloomberg Television yeah. and uh, with um, David uh, Meltzer who has a new show and um, and one of the, the people on, this, on uh, his platform her name is Jen Gottlieb, and each one of them got to ask me a question. Mm-hmm. And her first thing um, was she looked at me, she goes, you're the greatest communicator I've ever heard. How did you develop your communication gifts? Yeah, I couldn't even say communication right. <laughs> 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 and uh, how do you develop your communication gift? Yeah. And, uh, and I thought, this is the perfect time to come up with this because— he, every person who is trying to expand their world, develop their inf, uh, their talent, or expand their influence, communication is the key. And then Ed Milet, who you know, I did his podcast, and I think he had six million people listen to that podcast. Um, one of the first things he ever told me he goes, "You know, you're one of the greatest communicators in the world." And I look at it and go, "I was a shy, introverted kid that." showed no potential to ever become a communicator, so i I, I, I don't know where I fall in the spectrum of you know, good to great uh, as a communicator, but I do know this: um, no one saw any raw talent in me, and I was able to harness what I had and develop a skill that at least other great communicators respect. Mm. and i I hope I can through this um, help raise up some of the greatest communicators on the planet. And I I hope I can take some people who are struggling and help them become at least pretty good. But I want to take people who are good and I want to make them world-class. And I think this process is going to help achieve that. I love it. I'm excited. And that I think is a wrap for today. All right.
0: This is really cool. I'm really, I'm honestly, I'm really like, this is one of the, the projects I think I'm most passionate about in our world right now. I think we, you know, we do so many cool projects, fashion, we do this podcast, and then we do this masterclass. And I really think, I think if if an entire generation watches this thing mm-hmm. and goes, you know, like we will spend thousands of dollars, whether it's on clothes or on college courses, mm-hmm. but this thing is so unique and so special. I'm really excited to see what God does with it, mm-hmm. what people do with it and to see it influence this next season of life. I'm really excited.
1: Yeah. Even at the cost, it's less than paying for a university class. Or Mosaic College. Or Mosaic College or um, any other institutional access you would have to learn how to communicate. Mm -hmm. And the difference is when you go to a college to learn how to communicate, you're learning from someone who knows how to teach, but they have never built their career on being a world class communicator. Yes and uh so i
0: we were main, cutting the trailer for this thing this week and my one note was because you're talking to a camera yeah. you're, t- you're talking to a camera it feels like you're you're speaking to me the entire time and i'm like show some arenas show some show the fact that you spoke in front of 40,000 people
1: yeah well i've spoken multiple million, times yeah spoken to millions of people around the world and uh and i think there is a there's a skill set you need to speak to a room a crowd of 100,000 people Right. And which I've done. And the skill set that you need to speak to a room of 10. Right. And you need to develop that span of capacity if you're going to optimize your communication skills. And see, these are some of the tools to build that foundation yeah. for the ability to do that. Yes, I'm excited.
0: I'm excited too. Yeah. Okay. Um, just want to thank the guys in the booth, Tess Roy and Austin St. John, the 2020 crew, <laughs> art of communication part don't of forget it you're a part of this okay thank you for listening to this episode rate and review this podcast on Spotify rate and review this on Apple podcast as well and check us out on YouTube we have over 3,000 subs on our YouTube Woo, channel mm. <clears throat> look it might not be much to y'all but that's a lot for me that's amazing that's awesome I mean to think to think that this is a milestone we broke it. We also broke 1 million listens and we're about to break 10,000 on Instagram. Look at me. Come on now. I was like, <laughs> I was just chilling in my apartment during COVID when one night I created battery ready podcast on Instagram because I was bored. I could not do anything else. I couldn't do <laughs> Call of Duty. I couldn't cook anymore. I was over it. I had to do something fun. So thank you guys for being a part of this journey. And we love that you listen. We love that you're engaged. We love the DMs. We love the the clapbacks. We love it all. So thank you so much. And we'll see you next week. Have a good Thanks, week.